This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Glenn Tomrin and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Well, happy Wednesday. I'll try again. Happy Wednesday. I like that. I had a, had an, uh, a professor in, in Bible school, and he would always say, Happy Monday on Monday. Happy Tuesday on Tuesday. He went through the whole week, and so, you know, it kind of sticks with you after a whole year. And so, <laughs> so happy Wednesday. It's a good day. Hallelujah. And it's about to get better because we're gathering in the name of Jesus. You know, I always like to... Uh, make us aware of that as we get together, you know, where two or three are gathered in his name, we have his word on the fact that he is there. You know, and that, that always, you know, it just changes everything. I said it changes everything. You know, if we would just take the word <clears throat> literally, uh, it would work a whole lot better for us. <laughs> if we didn't just, you know, just pick and choose, and it's just like, well, that seems like it is, and this seems like it's not. No, all the word of God is true. Hallelujah. And it will work for you. That even rhymes. Take that home. Take that home. It's <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. You know, it's good to be happy. You know, you know that. It doeth good like medicine, the word says. You know, so... If we can't be happy in church, then, then that's a problem, right? So, you know, it's, it's, we might, we might be, get happy tonight. I'm just warning you. You know, it might, might get, 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 you know, you might get thrilled with the word. You know, Brother Hagin said, it's the word that you, you get thrilled about that'll work for you. You know, why is that? Because when it, when it actually gets to a place where it thrills you, then you actually, it's like, oh, I, I think I believe this. You know, it's really, you know, it's, it's really, I was just thinking as we were standing here worshiping, you know, we're talking in the song, you know, that we're talk, singing about Jesus is our everything, you know, and, um, and it really is uh, uh, unfortunate that we don't have meetings that go more than two or three days, hardly anymore. You know, because the thing is that when you have a meeting that goes for one week, two weeks, three weeks, where people really have to, it's like, oh, wow, people are taking time off of work to be there. Well, you know, what happens is that people get more aware of the things of God. You know, and actually then people start to get set free. You know, Brother Hagin said that most of it, the, the miracles didn't start to happen until week two. Well, what if you never get to week two? <laughs> you know, because we get we can conform to this world, right? And so, if you don't, if you then you you know, if you then just come together, and then if you miss a couple of Sundays and a couple of Wednesdays, then you know, it's like every two weeks. You know, it's it's no wonder, you know, some Christians are weak. What I mean by that? Well, they don't they don't seem to to be able to get the victory. They don't seem to be able to walk in what the Word of God says. Well, it's because you know the Word of God. You know, it says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You know, so if you just eat a cold snack every two weeks, you know, if you did that to your body, what would happen? I would finally lose weight. No, it would actually, you would get weak over time, right? You, you would get weak, and then, and then you wouldn't be able to resist anything, right? Anything that would come against you would just kind of push you off. You know, but when you've been, when you've been feeding yourself, when you've been practicing what you've been hearing, now you're strong. 
I said, now you're strong. And then things that, 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 that used to get you off track, now it just kind of, it's like water off a duck's back. It doesn't even face you. Why? Because now you're strong. You know, we need to be spiritually strong. We need to be settled in the Word of God. And the only way for that to happen is if you actually feed on the Word. And if you actually get together and you, 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 you gather together, as, as Hebrews chapter 10 says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. And so if you, if you think that you, you'll be okay just on your own, uh, I have news for you. You won't be okay on your own. You will actually be an easy target for the devil to take you out and render you ineffective in the things of God. And that's all free. That's all, not even in my notes. Praise the Lord. <laughs> you know, the Lord is so incredibly good. And I was just, you know, I was just uh, filling out a, a thank you card here the other day for a certain person. And, and, and what came to me was two things. You know, and, and, and I said, you know, you're sensitive to the Holy Ghost. And you love Jesus. But if you've got those two things, you will do well in life. <laughs> if you put Jesus first and you heed his voice, he's going to be able to help you. He's going to be able to protect you. He's going to be able to keep you. He's going to be able to get into you what needs to get into you. And he's going to be able to get you to your destination. But if you, if you lose your love for the Lord, then you're in trouble. If something else get to be number one, you're in trouble. Have you ever read Psalm 91 before? Let's go there. Psalm 91, praise the Lord. You know, some of your mamas probably wore it out over you. You know, <laughs> it's like, Lord, <laughs> help them. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. I'm going to start in, in verse number one. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You want to be there. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because, because, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place. That verse right there is key. Because you have made him your refuge. You need to make the Lord your refuge. Nobody else can do that for you. You need to look to him in the day of trouble. 
You need to look to him as your only source. And then all these other things that he talks about here in Psalm 91 will be yours. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. You shall thread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he has known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him, and with long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. You know, this psalm needs to be real to you. And in the day and hour, you know, and, and I think it's, this has been true regardless of what time, you know, we, we talk about these times are so, you know, strange and whatever. Y- yes, it might be strange for America, but there are so many countries in the world that have seen this. <laughs> Much worse than what we're seeing here. You know, the people that have had to fly, you know, flee their homes because of persecution, because people are wanting to take them out. You know, you saw that in, in the Ukraine not here long, you know, not long ago, you know, and so and still going on. But we need to make the Lord our refuge. He needs to be the one that we go to. He needs to be the first one we turn to. Actually, he should be the first one you turn to when you get your eyes open in the morning. You should look to him. You should start to just look to him and thank him for how good he is. That he's the good shepherd. That he takes care of you in grand style. You know how you recognize a good shepherd? It's not because the shepherd has nice clothes on and he looks all taken care of. No, no. You look at the sheep. Because if he's truly a good shepherd, his sheep will be taken well care of. And the word says that he is the good shepherd. And he takes care of you in grand style if you will listen. He will guide you. He will grab you. And even if, you, if, you're, if you're about to walk off a cliff, he'll, he'll come and he'll, he'll get you before you hurt yourself. You know, it didn't, it, there's no requirement in the Bible that you need to be smart. Right? Sheep are not smart. Not smart at all. But if you, if you be willing to listen, then the shepherd will be able to take care of you. Right? He, he actually says that he will, he will guide you into green pastures. He will lead you into green pastures. That's Psalm 23. You guys know Psalm 23? Let's, let's, let's bring that up. Psalm 23. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Psalm 23, and most of you can probably quote all or part of this. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake, just so that that people can look at you and, and then you can say that, well, it was the Lord. It was the Lord that got me here. 
Hallelujah. Verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This needs to be our meditation because Psalm 23 talks about where we are right now. It's the Lord's provision for you. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, we think that, you know, you need to be, be, you know, we need to build our faith. We need to be strong in faith. Yes, we do. But if you are strong in faith, you will just listen to him and do what he tells you. The most important thing you need to focus on is to obey. You know, you, you feed, feed yourself on the word of God so that you will be able to recognize the voice of God. Because the voice of God is going to sound a lot like the Bible because he inspired this whole thing. So if you feed on the Bible, you're going to recognize when he speaks to you. So we need to feed on the Bible. It, is, it, it makes our spirit man strong. But you can't just do your own thing. I say you can't just do your own thing. You know, last time I talked to you about, you know, uh, the plan, you know, God has a, has a plan for your life, and I can't remember half of what I said, but... He has a plan that was made before you were even born. And so you shouldn't even tell your kids you can be whatever you want. No, you need to find out what God made you for. Because he has already put in you everything needed to fulfill a certain purpose in life. Because he's the one who placed you in the body. It says just as he pleased in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. God put you in there just as he saw fit to put you. And you know, when he put you there, he also made you perfect for that purpose. You know, when he made the human body, he made the arm perfect to be an arm. It would look very strange as a nose. Like an elephant, you know. He made you perfect for your purpose. And only one who can reveal to you your purpose is God. And only way he can do that is if you start to obey and follow. And I know how that works because I did, I did not follow for many years. Have you ever been rebellious? Well, welcome to the club. But you know what? There is mercy. There is mercy. He's so merciful. He's so good. He doesn't change his mind just because you make some wrong turns. Because the thing is that he, he, he knew about those uh, before you made them. <laughs> the day he called you into the kingdom, he knew about all the wrong turns that you would make, but he also knew about the right choices you were going to make. He knew that you were going to get it together. And if you're now watching maybe and you haven't gotten it together, well, today is the day for you to turn and repent and get on the path that God has for you. Because it's a good, good path. He is the good shepherd. He takes good care of his sheep, if you will follow. And I can see, if I look back now at my life, you know, and I, I saw when I started to make the turns, how he was able to bless me over time. 
to bring, bring alongside me a wife and children. He wouldn't have been able to do that for me unless I made a turn. Because the way I was, was walking my life, I was just for me. And I messed it up in grand style. And so has some of you. But that does not change the fact that God can redeem the time and he can just bring you to an awesome place in a short amount of time if you will follow. Because he always brings you up and forward. You know when the Holy Ghost is in manifestation, he will always reveal what the blood of Jesus has done. Did you know that? He doesn't bring condemnation. He just brings up what Jesus has done. And if you would just follow Jesus then he will be able to redeem your life and bring on the scene everything that Jesus paid for, for you. It's so important to be obedient because as you're obedient, you will be exposed to the people you're supposed to be exposed to. Did you know there's people that God has put in your path so that you can wake up? People that, that are carrying revelation and anointings that you need to be exposed to so you can wake up. There's several of those people that I can, I can remember right now in my life that because I was obedient to go to a meeting, it impacted my life for eternity. That's why it's so important to be in church, to be aware of the fact that, you know what, when we gather together, Jesus is there and he's going to do something good for me today. That should be your, your, your confession every morning. Something good is going to happen to me today because Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. And he is the good shepherd and he's leading me where? Into green pastures where I can eat well. Quiet waters where I can live a life of peace and rest. That's what he's doing for me. And I can tell you, it's so important. I, I can, for instance, I was just sitting last night. I was looking up because I was like, well, how is Shekinah Glory doing? You know, there are a trio. There's like two girls and a guy. You know, it's one married couple and then it's Cindy. And, and I was exposed to, to their ministry actually at Rayma. And I was like, this girl's weird. Well, she's, she's you know, Cindy is, is uh, uh, very... Uh, <laughs> If you meet her, you'll never forget it. She used to be an entertainer to entertain entertainers. So you kind of have to be a little bit different to be able to entertain those kind of people. And so, and she, she used to be into, uh, you know, into in entertainment in the in business and, and was very uh, successful. But then God called her into the ministry. Actually, he called her at five. She walked away and then she got back, you know. But, but they, they, they ministered together in song, you know. But, but she's just... Very, very uh, sensitive to the Holy Ghost. And so I was in her meeting, in their meetings, you know, and they would just, you know, they would have ministry lights and stuff, and they would just, they would just lay hands on you, and, 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 and the Holy Ghost showed up. And there's something about you being touched by the Eternal One. His presence. Because He's real. He's real. And He has put... Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers in the body so that people can be exposed to God. Yes, through teaching, but also through, through, the, through the moving of the Spirit of God. Because you need to be exposed to the move of the Holy Ghost. 
What I mean by that, you need to be, to, to be exposed to the power of God. I said to the power of God. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he said that I didn't come, you know, in words of man's wisdom, he says, but I came in demonstration of the spirit and the power. That your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And I can tell you, I, I've been going, I, I had turned my life around to follow the Lord, you know, before this, but after I got exposed to them, it's almost like something came alive in me. The call of God came alive in me. There's certain things that you will never even be aware of that are in you unless you're exposed to the presence of the Almighty in a tangible way. I said in a tangible way. And so it's just, I just looked them up on YouTube last night because I was like, well, you know, what are they doing, you know? And so it was just, and so all these memories come, come, uh, come flooding back, you know, to being touched by the Spirit of God. I tell you what, it's an awesome thing. Because he's real. I said, Jesus is real. I said, Jesus is real. He's more than just on a page. Actually, when you received him, his spirit came to live on the inside of you. He came to live on the inside of you. To do life with you. And, and you know, and so you develop these relationships. And I remember this is a while back now. I was going through a tough time and then suddenly I get a text from Cindy and she says I'm right here I'm praying for you I'm right here I'm praying for you when you get when you get prompted to pray for somebody we should listen and pray for them right away because there's a good chance they're going through a hard time and that the Lord impressed on you to pray for them Remember we talked about, you know, last Wednesday that the, the, the same unity that is between you and the Lord is between you and the rest of the body? A lot of times we don't think about that. But, you know, the same blood that flows through my fingertips goes through my brain too, right? And down through my whole body. So the same, the same unity, that's why Paul is talking about unity. You read, you read Ephesians, for instance, he's talking about the unity. He's talking about the unity, and God will, will place you where you're supposed to be and connect you where you're supposed to be connected. And then you need to stay connected. You hear me? You need to stay connected. You need to realize where he has connected you and stay there because that's where your supply is. So I was reading Ephesians today and it, it kind of stuck out to me. And thank you, Lord, for helping us. Say, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And almost should get this in the Amplified. I don't know if you have Ephesians 4 in the Amplified Classic, but if you do, put it up there on the screen. Uh, it says in, in, in Ephesians 4, verse 1, it says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which you were called with all lowliness or humility and gentleness with long-suffering Bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. There's one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Sounds like a lot of unity to me. And in Amplified it says, therefore the prisoner for the Lord, I appeal to 
to and beg you to walk, lead a life worthy of the divine calling to which you have been called, with behavior that is a credit to the summons to God's service. Next. Living as becomes you with complete lowliness of mind or humility and meekness, unselfishness, gentleness, mildness, with patience, bearing with one another and making allowances because you love one another. Making allowances because you love one another. So, yes, there's always going to be something that is going to be, you know, rubbing you the wrong way. You know, it's like any family, right? Family members can get on your nerves. It's the same with the body that you have been connected to. There's going to be opportunity for offense. Because the devil is trying to, he, he, he hates unity because unity is powerful. And God can only work in unity. There needs to be unity in the body. We need to work together. I said we need to work together to get the job done. Because you have things I don't have. You have graces on your life that I don't have. I have graces on my life that you don't have, but we need each other. There's a supply in the body for the body. We need each other. We need each other. Let's go further in, in Ephesians chapter 4 since we're on, on our roll. Thank you, Lord. In verse 11 it says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. Why? For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ, we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, ha, may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. And listen to this. From whom the whole body joined and knit together, but what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Huh. So we must all be important, huh? And we all have a part to play. And God has knit us together. To walk together, to do this thing together. Because we can't do it on our own. There is no body that can function well without the other body parts there. If you left your hands and feet at the house, it would be difficult to get around. If you left your eyes and your ears at the house, it would be difficult to get around. We all have different giftings. Different callings, different anointings. God has equipped the body perfectly. I said he has equipped the body perfectly to get the job done, but the body needs to work together. Because if there's division and strife, there will be no unity. And then there will be lack in the body. It won't function as it ought to function. You know, God is so good to us. I mean, if you will humble yourself and ask him for help, 
He will get you there. And there's been times, I mean, you know, you, you know there are times when you're just like, well, I, I don't really see that as I ought to see it. I don't really value that as I ought to value it. You might as well just be plain, open with God and tell him, help me. Because I really don't love as I ought to love. I really don't see things as I ought to see it. I don't even value your things I know as I ought to. The more I see, I value, but I don't really, I'm not where I want to be. And so if you will ask him to help you, if you ask him to show you, if you ask him to reveal, if you really hunger for the things of God, he will fail that hunger. And if you don't hunger as you ought to, ask him for help. I said, ask him for help. He will help you because he cares about you. He's never out to find fault. I said, God is never out to find fault. He's there to help you, to guide you, to lead you. He's doing his best to lead and guide you into a blessed place, into a place of freedom and liberty and joy. So you can get up in the morning and just laugh because your life is so good. I said you can get up in the morning and laugh because your life, even Monday morning, and laugh because your life is so good. And you can rejoice not just because the preacher tells you to, but because God is good and his mercy endures forever and you have seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And now we're getting into more of what I have notes on. And so, but I mean, it must be important because the Lord, I didn't plan it last Wednesday either, but it's the same thing coming back up. If he says something more than one thing, pay attention. I said, pay attention and do something with it because he's trying to help you. You know, the grace of God on my life is for you. It's not for me. I might see some things as a minister, but, but like Paul said, he says, the grace on me, he says, it's for you. You know, the anointing on the preacher, it's not for the preacher, it's for the people. And that's why you can see, and this might help you, you can see some people that have been preaching, healing their whole lives, and then they end up having issues. Well, that anointing that was on them to set people free was for the people, not for them. They have to stand on the same word as anybody else for healing, deliverance. You, did you know that the preacher has to abide by the word as much as you do? And did you also know that there's a lot of preachers, probably me included, that don't walk in what they preach? Just thought I'd throw that out there. <laughs> but God is good and he's merciful and he will help you. He will always lift you up and elevate you and reveal to you what the blood of Jesus has done because the blood of Jesus, my friend, has set you free. Hallelujah. You know, there's something about Thanksgiving. You know, we're getting close to Thanksgiving, aren't we? In Romans chapter 1, I'm going to talk about Thanksgiving for a while because it is, it's, 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 it's key to helping you to see. And we live in a world that is not very thankful. And so it's easy to, to, get, to get caught in that if you're not careful. Because this world is very selfish and unthankful. 
and 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 it's a problem that'll that 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 if you get into that habit it'll it'll hinder you in your walk with the lord and so in romans chapter one i'm going to read it out of the esv english standard version because i think it says it very very clearly in Romans 1 verse 18 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. You know, you can look at creation and you can tell there's a God. You can look at, you know, I remember when, when you know, Amy's been, you know, when she's been pregnant and, you know, in the past and stuff, and you, you look at what really happens in the womb, you talk about a miracle. It is an absolute miracle. And if you don't believe in God before that, you should after. Just looking at that miracle. And so God has made it clear to everyone on the planet that there's a God. But in verse 21, it says, For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools. And so if you're unthankful, if you get into the habit of being unthankful, then your heart will be darkened. And you will see less and less and less. And that's not a good place to be. It's going to get better, okay? <laughs> We've been in Ephesians a lot, right? And so I'm going to go to verse 17. And first, well, actually, first, I'm going to just read. You can go to verse 17 of, of chapter 4, and I'm going to go to chapter 1 and just read this for you so that you can see who it's who who is writing to paul an apostle of jesus christ by the will of god to the saints who are in ephesus and faithful in christ jesus so that's the people he's he's writing to here these are faithful saints <laughs> born again spirit filled okay so in chapter 4 verse 17 it says this i say therefore and testify in the lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. You know, here in verse 18, you know, alienated means a non-participant of the life of God. You know, if you are complaining, if you are not thankful, your heart will be darkened and you will see less and less and less. And you will dig yourself into a hole where it's going to be very difficult for the Lord to help you. I, I experienced this very clearly after a couple of years in Bible school. Of course, I should have known better, right? Have you ever been there? You should have known better. And then I got into a tough spot. And I got into the habit of, even though I was meditating on Matthew 6, that God is going to take care of me. You know, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. But when the pressure is on, I said, when the pressure is on, I said, when the pressure is on, it might be difficult for you to stay thankful. So it needs to be something that you need to actually get a hold of yourself 
and get the word of God in your mouth. Because I, I didn't see where the money was going to come from. I was in a tough spot, and I just started saying, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And I was, re- I was reminding the Lord of all the things that I, I had uh, 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 given up for him, to follow him. Have you ever done that? You know, told him how much you have, you have sacrificed for him. I've left this, I've left that, you know, and, 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 and you ought to help me here. <laughs> right? You kind of, but, but do you know that the Lord will never do anything outside of his word? Did you know that? For instance, in Philippians chapter 4, it says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, let your request be known to God. <laughs> I wasn't doing that. I said I wasn't doing that. And guess what? Nothing changed. Nothing happened. And it seemed to get worse and worse and worse. But do you know that God is merciful? We talked about that. He's so good. So he, I, I went to a, a worship conference and finally the Lord was, was able to get my attention. And I humbled myself and I went to the front for prayer. And, uh, and the minister put his finger in my face and he yelled at me, don't limit God. Loud, he was right here. And he yelled, I'm sure I could see that little thing in the back of his throat, you know. He's like, don't let me go. You seen those, you know, those cartoons, you know. That was kind of what it was. It was just like, you know. But, you know, God needed to get, he will do whatever he needs to do if your heart is right to get your attention. I said he will do whatever he needs to do to take care of his sheep. And so he said, quit limiting me with your mouth. Because your words have power over life and death. You know, actually, this brings to, remember, I was thinking about this as I was preparing today, too. Brother Hagin tells this story about a guy who he used to work for them there at Kenneth Hagin Ministries. And he was uh, in the hospital. He was in a coma, and they asked him to come pray for him. And, uh, and he went uh, to pray for him, him and his pastor. And uh, he said, we prayed. You know, they were at the City of Faith. In, in, in Tulsa, and so, you know, all spirit-filled doctors and nurses and all that stuff, you know, so it's a good environment, you know, and so they were just in there praying for this guy, and they prayed in the spirit because they didn't really know, you know, if you don't know how to pray, you know, lean on the Holy Ghost, it'll help you pray. And so he said he prayed, and then he said after an hour or so, he said it seemed to just come up in his spirit, he said spiritual law has been set in motion that cannot be reversed at this time. And so it's like, okay. He didn't say anything. He had to go back into healing school at Ramah. And then, and then he came back later. And then, you know, they, they prayed and the same thing came up. And, and so he decided to, to, to talk to his pastor about it. And he said, you know, it seems to come up in my spirit here. It says that spiritual law has been set in motion, which cannot be reversed at this time. And he said, yeah, he says, I, I, I've known that all along. <laughs> and so, and so, uh, so, uh, they talked to, to, to the family and they said, oh yes. He said since she was, he was a young teenager, he said, he said one of his siblings actually said that as they were playing together, you know, they just got real serious at one point and he said, I will never live to see 40. And his, parent, his family said, yeah, he, he, he used to say that on a continual basis, I will never live to see 40. And now he was 39 years old in a hospital in a coma. 
And so you talk about the power of your words in a negative way, but they can also have power the same way in a positive way. You know, you have to be careful what you say. You have to be careful what comes out of your mouth because there, there might be an inspiration to say stuff, especially when you're in a pressured situation. Then you have to just like, well, recognize where that comes from and recognize where, where, where will those words take me? Do I really want to go in that direction? And so he said, and that's because he was talking, Brother Hagen was talking about prayer in this regard. You know, he was teaching on prayer in one of his, his crusades. And, and, and he said, you know, one of his points where you need to be led when you pray. Because there's stuff that you don't know anything about. And so if you, if you then get into just, just, just quoting the word over somebody, well, you don't know what has been going on in them, in their life. But God does. And there's a lot of times that you can't do anything. Because your, your, your fate will not override them. You can sometimes help unbelievers or people that have just gotten born again or that don't know. Your fate will work for them. But as they grow up and know some things, then, you know, it might be not easy to help them. But anyhow, so uh, be careful what you say. <laughs> and release words of faith. Re release words of life over your family and over your future. I do that on a regular basis over my house. I even, I even pray for, for my little one who's, who's 16 months now that the Lord will fill him with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. You know, as, as Hebrews chapter 13 and verse, verse 20, you know, it says that now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work for doing his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight. I pray that for my family on a regular basis. Why? My words, get my words out there. My words will work for them. My words will gird under my kids as they walk. They need it. I said they need it. They need my positive words. They need my faith to help them and guide them along the way. So, use your words wisely. So, back to chapter 4 of, uh, of Ephesians. He says you should no longer walk as these guys walked or do. He says don't be unthankful. That's what we got to. Praise the Lord. Are we already almost at war? Ah, wow. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your grace. <laughs> Got this far in my notes. Praise the Lord. But you know what? Sometimes your notes are not what you need on a particular day. Hallelujah. You know what? Let's just close our eyes and just look to the Lord for a minute. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. And we're so grateful for your word, because your word, Father, we know it brings light. It brings understanding to the simple. Hallelujah. We need understanding, Father, and we need light. And we thank you, Father, that the word that has gone forth tonight. Father, your words, actually, Father, your words, you said that your words are spirit and they're life. Your words carry something from you to us. And so, Father, we receive what you have given us today, tonight, Father God, from your word to help us, to lead us and to guide us, Father, into a place where we will be more effective than ever before, Father. 
Hallelujah for the work of the ministry, Father, and, 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 and more and more able to walk in, Father, your grace that you've given us each individually, Father God, to walk in your plans and your purposes, which we know are great. Hallelujah. And Father, we lean on you. We can't do this without you. And we're, we are aware, very aware of that fact, Father. We can do nothing without you. And we're so thankful, Father, for your spirit. Your spirit leads and guides us into all truth. Hallelujah. He's the spirit of reality, Hallelujah. One translation says. He will lead, lead and guide us into all reality, Hallelujah, because your word and your things are real. Hallelujah. Your grace is real. Your life is real. Hallelujah. Your life that you've given us, Father God, brings light. Your word says that in him was life and that life was the light of men. Hallelujah. Glory be to your name. Ah, glory be to your name. Just, 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 just get your eyes on him. Hallelujah. And just start to worship him. Hallelujah. Start to thank him for how good he is. Oh, how good he is. How merciful he is. Thank you, Father, for your great mercy. Oh, for your great mercy, for your goodness. Thank you for the blood, for the blood, for the blood of Jesus, the blood of the everlasting covenant, hallelujah, the blood of mercy, the blood that has set us free, the blood that has redeemed us, hallelujah, from all of the works of the enemy. The blood of Jesus washes white as snow. And Father, as we lean on your mercy and your grace, I thank you, Father, that you work in us to will and to act according to your good purpose, Father. Oh, you're at work. You're at work, Father. You're effectively working in us, Father. Hallelujah. To look to you. We make you our focal point. We make you our focal point. Hallelujah. We make you our focal point. The Lord is our shepherd. We shall not want, we look to him for everything. Hallelujah.